The images are horrible, but also incredibly compelling. We haven't seen footage like this of actual combat delivered this quickly, probably ever. This is a Russian attack helicopter engaging targets in Ukraine. See that X like that? That means pull up. You're about to hit the ground. Uh, this is Russian, uh, a Russian helicopter engaging. It looks like a black blob, but that's a that's a Ukrainian tank, we believe, that was just taken out. And then the aftermath of uh, another attack in Maripol. I mean, look at these buildings. This looks like nuclear winter. This is horrible stuff, of course. And people are dying big time. We don't have a civilian count, but at this point we have 7,000 Russian troops are dead. They started this thing, but this is all awful. 2,000 Ukrainian troops dead in just, what, less than four weeks. Keep this in mind. For the United States, the entire Iraq war, war in Afghanistan, less than 7,000 deaths over many, many years. So this is a very grim situation. So what does Putin do? He kicks off a big pro-war rally. He tries to uh, gin up the support. I have a feeling that people weren't that into it. Listen to this. Vladimir Vladimirovich Putin. Mr. and Mrs. Russia there just uh, introduced Vladimir Putin. And he comes walking out and makes a big speech trying to justify what he's already done. The main goal and motive of the military operation we launched in Donbass and Ukraine is to relieve these people of suffering, of this genocide. At this point, I recall the words from the Holy Scripture. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. I did not expect him to quote Holy Scripture. Did you? He's also boasting about unity. Unity is one thing they've had a lot of in Russia over the years. That's sometimes the problem. We see how our fellows are fighting and acting in this operation, shoulder to shoulder, helping and supporting each other. If they have to, they will cover each other with their bodies to protect their comrade from a bullet in the battlefield as they would to save their brother. It has been a long time since we had such unity. We'll talk about what prompted Putin. Maybe some of the great press the fake news gave him over the years helped lead to this moment. By the way, he just seemed kind of weird in that turtleneck uh, shirt, sweater, and the jacket. And at one point, <laughs> doing this kind of thing, like trying to start a wave. And oh, by the way, Putin has gotten a little bit uh, stocky, hasn't he? This is a new Putin. Remember when we first met him? He was all like angular and Nordic and all that stuff. Anyway, that's what he looks like now. Hey, where is the United Nations? Hmm? Where has the United Nations been? I mean, this is kind of what the United Nations is supposed to do, right? Uh, secure the world. Um, don't they have peacekeeping troops? Nothing. Absolutely nothing from them. Zelensky certainly has their number. The war of the past have prompted our predecessors to create institutions that should protect us from war. But 
they unfortunately don't work. We see it, you see it. So we need new ones, new institutions, new alliances, and we offer them. Yeah, he came up with an idea for something called U24. Within 24 hours, member states respond. Interesting idea. Probably will never happen. So the world used to look to the United States. And what does the United States do? With Joe Biden in charge, we hem, we haw, and we look to China. So there was that big phone call with China. I expect leaders to be talking to each other all the time on the phone. I don't know why I needed to hear about this all week long that Joe was going to call up President Xi today, but that's what they told us. President Biden is scheduled to speak by phone tomorrow with China's President Xi and discuss Russia's war with Ukraine. Tomorrow, Biden is set to speak with Chinese President Xi Jinping, and it's going to be a big one. Less than an hour from now, a crucial phone call. President, President Biden will speak with the Chinese President Xi Jinping. This morning, as we said, President Biden is speaking with the president of China, Xi Jinping, for the first time since Russia invaded Ukraine. Just a critical conversation. This is a crucial call that could impact the trajectory of this war. Well, no concrete takeaways, but really, what is the big deal? I thought that they could engage each other all the time. I have a feeling President Xi won't be that or wasn't that forthcoming on the phone call. This guy plays it pretty close to the vest. So a big phone call today. I thought that they were really close, Joe, and the president of China, right? I mean, you remember. I've spent more time with Xi Jinping, at least before we got out, than any world leader has. I've traveled 17,000 miles with him, the president of China. I probably spent more time with Xi Jinping, I'm told, than any world leader has because I... I had 24, 25 hours of private meetings with him when I was vice president, traveled 17,000 miles with him, and know him pretty well. I've spoken and spent right. more time with Xi Jinping than anyone. And it goes on like this. So if you know him so well, it shouldn't be such a big deal to get him on the phone. You could have been doing that throughout this crisis. I don't think Xi, by the way, was, again, particularly straight with you. Problem is, Joe, everybody sees your weak. It's regrettable. I wish this wasn't the case. And the Kremlin, as much as we hate what they're doing, they certainly seem to have Joe's number. A statement from the Kremlin today as follows. Given such irritability from Mr. Biden, his fatigue and sometimes forgetfulness, fatigue that leads to aggressive statements, we will not make harsh assessments so as not to cause more aggression. How about that? I mean, gosh, talk about below the belt, but... Mm, they know what they're talking about. Joe has acted like this, and he's been called out on it by them. Oh, I, I, I think he is a war criminal. No matter what you all say, that's called World War III. Putin is an aggressor. He is the aggressor. And Putin must pay the price. It'll include 7,000 small arms, machine guns, shotguns, grenade launchers to equip the Ukrainians, including the brave women and men who are defending their cities. I'm sick of this stuff. We are not seeking direct confrontation with Russia. The Russians called it fatigue. That's code for weakness. That's what the world sees right now. The fake news continues to cover for him, but everybody can see it. America is not leading in this one. And we believe that Joe is compromised. We'll have more on that after the break.
The laptop is real. We see that he's compromised. China, Russia, Ukraine, all these players. He shouldn't be where he is now. When we come back, <laughs> Vladimir Putin, uh, you know, we've got fake news here, but over there in Russia, it is beyond fake. They portray Vladimir Putin as this hockey hero. They actually let him win when he plays hockey. It's pretty wild. We'll be right back. Rob Carson, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast. Tired of boring traditional news updates? How about one with a conservative point of view and it's actually funny? You can subscribe for free on the Apple Podcast app and it downloads directly to your smartphone so you can listen while driving, uh, to work, riding a bike, at the gym, or even while lobster fishing off the East Coast. Subscribe today with the Apple Podcast app or go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcasts for other platforms. Something's coming. All I can say is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? They really are awful. Every now and then I turn them on just to see, just to take the temperature. Seven o'clock, you would think. Seven o'clock, the morning shows. You would see the headlines. What's going on in the world? The important stuff, right? If you turn on Morning Joe, Morning Swamp, top of the hour, you don't get that. You get the whimsy of Joe Scarborough, whatever playful subject he feels like flirting with Mika about. It's bizarre. Orioles are looking pretty good. Maybe 4A, 4B, who knows. But I will say we, we got pretty far last year with all those moves, getting the all-you-can-eat all day from the Barn Hills Country Buffet in Pensacola, <laughs> Florida. So, I, you know, I, I, I was concerned last year, but we went pretty far. So that's good. Hey, I think we've got Heilman here. At some point, Mika, uh, I want to talk to him about Peaky Blinders. He's apparently... Okay. He's so apparently he's talking about TV shows and uh, buffets in Pensacola, Florida. I've actually been to that one. Who the heck cares? Why is he bringing it up? Because he's an arrogant, full of himself jerk. All right. This is bad enough. And then, then he gets to the news. This is how he does the news. All in praise of Joe. Built the historic coalition by Joe Biden's patients. Mm-hmm. And oh my God. Oh, I know this is going to be shocking to you because it doesn't fit into your stupid little populist playbook. From Joe Biden's experience, he's been there. He's done that. And even if you believe he's gotten most things wrong throughout his career, you really have to be a sickened, uh, uh, either pro-Putin apologist or if you're not apologizing for Vladimir Putin, you're just a right wing Republican ideologue. Ideologue? Sickened apologist? If you're not impressed with Joe Biden's non-leadership in this issue, his experience is part of the problem. And oh, by the way, yes, he has been wrong on every significant strategic question of his time. And on this, let's go through it. He threatened sanctions, but he didn't impose them. And then he imposed sanctions only gradually when a lot of us wanted more and stronger sooner. Also, he resisted the oil ban, had to be talked into it by people like uh, Joe Manchin. Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, the trade restrictions. He re resisted trade restrictions. And also, 
He has to be prodded and still has to be prodded to supply more weapons. That's okay. And it's also okay to have reservations about Joe Biden and what he's doing or not doing because we fear he's conflicted because of Hunter and his dealings with these countries over the years. Hunter Biden in the laptop, we know about his dealings in Ukraine, Russia, China. We also know that laptop is the real deal. This is fascinating. A prominent lawyer, actually, who represented the father of his child that he does not acknowledge, predicts that... Hunter will be indicted. I would be surprised if he is not indicted. So who's watching this besides us, some others, Putin, adversaries around the world? If we know it, he knows it. And that laptop, imagine how useful it would have been for responsible reporting back two years ago before the election. A lot of people could have benefited from this information, but it was chased off the Internet. Why did that happen? Well, Michael Goodwin from the New York Post, the paper that broke the news about the Hunter Biden laptop, writes that big government, big tech and big media, they hid these emails for the simple reason that they wanted to cover it up. Many of the emails to and from Hunter Biden implicated Joe Biden in the international influence peddling business run by Hunter and Joe's brother, Jim Biden. If the whole country knew then that Joe Biden was corruptly using his office to help his family cash in, we would now be in the second year of Donald Trump's second term. That's a fact because 8% of Biden voters told posters they would have supported Trump had they known about the bombshell contents of the laptop. But the Times, Facebook, Twitter, CNN, and the deep state, they could not let that happen. They had spent four years trying to drive Trump out of office, mostly by alleging that he had colluded with Russia, alleging falsely to steal the 2016 election, they were determined he would not get four more years. Fascinating, isn't it? And this is where we are right now. He is compromised. Everybody knows it. And now there can be no doubt. He's been lying all along. Every single solitary, serious investigator, including your network and others, have looked at this have said there's absolutely zero basis to the accusation that I acted any way inappropriately or that my son did. Every major national, international and local news operations looked into it has said it's a lie. This is the president's flat line. So there's not been a scintilla of evidence pointed out that anything is wrong. There's not a single solitary scintilla of evidence anywhere. There's not been one scintilla of evidence that my son ever interfered, that I ever asked me anything, that I ever got involved in anything. I mean, come on. This is... So <laughs> These so, guys are amazing. So you think that everything that happened was kosher? You know there's not one single bit of evidence not one little tiny bit to suggest anything done was wrong. You know that. (laughs) You can try to laugh it off, but a federal grand jury has been looking at the evidence for over a year now. And even members of the Obama Biden administration said out loud when you were trying to get Trump, they said out loud that they had big concerns about you, Joe Biden, and what Hunter was doing in Ukraine. I became aware that Hunter Biden was on the board of Burisma. Soon after that, in a briefing call with the national security staff of the office of the vice president in February of 2015, I raised my concern that Hunter Biden's status as a board member could create the perception of a conflict of interests. 
I think that it could raise um, the appearance of a conflict of interest. Do you agree that Hunter Biden on the board of Burisma has the potential for the appearance of a conflict of interest? Certainly the potential, yes. And remember all these guys? They were big time Trump haters. So you had to bring in the cavalry when that <laughs> laptop came out. Major League uh, Democrat and Republican defense officials over the years came out and signed that letter saying it was all a con job by Russia. That letter and each of these guys must be held to account and dozens more. Let's go through the letter where they vouch for Joe Biden. We are all individuals who devoted significant portions of our lives to national security. Ooh, so august. All of us agree with the Founding Fathers' concern about the damage that foreign interference in our politics can do to our democracy. So strong. We write to say that the arrival on the U.S. political scene of emails purportedly belonging to Vice President Biden's son, Hunter, much of it related to his serving on the board of the Ukrainian gas company Burisma, has all the classic earmarks of a Russian information campaign. They gave themselves a way out, though. We can't be sure, but the letter gave Joe all the cover he needed. These guys are still out there, and as far as I can tell, they have not been asked about their participation in this scam. Like this guy, James Clapper, he is a liar. He needs to be confronted. Next, we have Michael Hayden, director of the CIA, liar. Leon Panetta, Secretary of Defense under Obama. Yes, another liar. And maybe worst of all, John Brennan, CIA director under Obama, corrupt and a liar. So it's out there. Even The New York Times is acknowledging it. Jen Psaki, the spokesperson for Joe Biden, who said promoted this fake story back during the campaign. What's her response now? He's a private citizen. He doesn't work for the government. I'd point you to his representatives. Thank you. I think we're done here. That's it. The letter served its purpose, got them in power, and they're going to try. And this just might work. I don't see the fake news going back there because they'd have to admit culpability in all of this. Here's an example. You know, Christian Amanpour, uh, the one with a fake accent and um, tries to pretend she's some sort of intellectual confronted with this reality, she's just in total denial. Maybe she knows better, but this is what happens. Okay, you know what also the United States government says? The FBI says this laptop is not Russian disinformation. So what are you talking about here? This laptop is real. It's not just the laptop. There's other emails. There's text messages. They are real. So okay. according to the Guess U.S. What? government, I the know FBI that you're trying has to verified move this. everybody to look at that, but that's not what we're hearing from Why the FBI. Why don't you want to report but this? What? This is the, one of the what? most powerful no, families Liz, in Washington. Liz, the Liz. Biden family. And you're okay? You're okay? with our interest being sold out to profit uh, Joe Biden and his family when when we're suffering during a pandemic from communist yes, China he's doing shady business absolutely. deals with as communist you know China you're comfortable well, okay as as you know perfectly well I'm a journalist and a reporter and I follow the facts and there has never been any Which, issues yes, in terms this. of corruption now let me ask you this yesterday the wait, FBI wait, wait, the wait, wait. FBI How do you know and, that I'm talking about reporting and any evidence. I'm talking to you now 
Okay, I would love if you guys would start doing that digging and start doing that verification. No, we're not going to do your work for you. I want to ask you a question. The FBI, it's a journalist's contrary, job. It's a journalist's job to, to, to find out if this is verified. I want to ask you a question about the FBI press conference. Liz Harrington, she's amazing. You heard that, right? No allegations of corruption whatsoever regarding Joe Biden. It is amazing. They will remain in denial. And they'll try it again. They'll try it again. And boy, are they committed to stopping Donald Trump. This really disturbed me. Baby Adam Kinzinger. I don't take him too seriously, but when he talks like this, it's dangerous. If Donald Trump gets the Republican nomination, there are many of us that will move heaven and earth to ensure he doesn't win. I think that's the most important thing. He cannot be president again. What does that mean? He cannot be president again if he's the nominee. What if he gets more votes than the other person? He cannot be president again. And they'll move heaven and earth. God moves heaven and earth. Something. Keep an eye on him. Keep an eye on all of them. Now, as fake as our news is, it's not as fake as, well, yes, this is a lot of our news puffing up uh, Vladimir Putin over the years. Take a look at this headline. Not only is he a genius, he can uh, kill a tiger and save a TV crew. Uh, <laughs> and then they glorify him with imagery uh, celebrating everything Putin, right? He was the coolest dude in the world for a long time, according to our fake news. But the Russian fake news takes it to another level. Did you know that he plays hockey and they let him win? Take a look at this. this. President Putin scores nine of his team's 13 points. And guess what? Yes, Vladimir Putin's team wins 13 to eight, huh? And I thought our news was fake, huh? The whole damn system over there is fake. Stay with us. Vladimir Putin had that big, crazy rally today. What was he conveying? You'd be surprised what our body language expert noticed. We'll be right back. Okay, Putin's invasion of Ukraine is going terribly for everybody. And with that in mind, he had a big rally in Russia today to gin up support. He said a lot of what he said before. I'm curious, though, what was his body? What was the hidden language here? Did we see anything? Did we learn anything? Uh, perhaps through nonverbal cues. We'd like to bring in one of our favorites, Scott Rouse. He is the body language expert and analyst and author of Understanding Body Language, How to Decode Nonverbal Communication in Life, Love, and Work. He's fabulous at this kind of stuff. Scott, welcome back. How are you? I'm great, Greg. How are you doing? Terrific. Let's get right to it. By the way, he was dressed uh, unusually for a dictator, uh, but let's go ahead and listen to this as he comes out and starts talking. All right. 
в которой Крым и Севастополь были погружены, когда находились в составе другого государства, и которое финансировало эти территории по так называемому остаточному принципу. Но в которой Крым и Севастополь были погружены, когда находились в составе другого государства. Well, this is a completely different person than we saw the last time you and I talked. In this situation, he's talking a lot faster than he's talked before, than we've ever seen him talk before. He's kind of swinging for the fences with the, the points he's making. He's trying to, to come on with a lot of energy, a little Trump-esque. You know, it, he's, I get the feeling he's sort of mimicking the success of Trump uh, and, and his uh, ability to uh, persuade crowds by giving it his own shot here. That's what it looks like to me. All right. So when he speaks fast, does that mean he's nervous? Does that mean what? Well, he's trying to get a specific point across. And he's thought about what he's going to say. These are rehearsed because I, I, I don't see him reading from anything. And so as he goes through this, if you'll notice, his hand is close to his chest. All these things tell us that he's a little bit nervous, as he should be at this point, because this is new for him, this type of thing. So when we see the, the hand brought up like this, we see the wrist exposed like that and the, the hands clenched. That those are adapters, and that lets us know that he's he's stressed. And that's huh. the way people get rid of that built-up stress or tension. All right, I wasn't expecting him to quote the Bible, but he did. And uh, let's listen to that and watch. Больше любви, как если бы кто-то отдал душу свою за друзей своих. Нет больше. All right, so uh, again, sorry, we don't have the uh, translator, but he says, uh, he's quoting John 13, 15. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. I'm no Putin expert. I've never heard him quote the Bible before. But what he said and how he said it, what do you think? This is new as well. Because what he's in his translation, which and where he's supposed to say life, he actually says soul, uh, that a, a man lay down his soul for his friends, where it should be life. However, that is the, the Greek translation does say soul, so it's okay to do that, but it's not quoting from the most popular um, Bible, which is the uh, Living English, the English Living Bible, I believe that's what it's called in Russia. So this has been set up completely. They've said, here's how we, but the scary thing about this is he talks about. Uh, cleansing right before that. He talks about the, the cleansing that needs to happen. Then he brings in religion. And when you get someone who, who, brings, who talks about uh, cleansing and you bring in religion, I think we've heard those, those types of, of, of setups before years and years ago for any history buffs. Joe Biden this week uh, was, you know, iffy, hesitant, and uh, even more so right after he signed the aid package for Russia. Take a look at this. I'm sorry, for Ukraine. I'm going to walk over and sign this legislation, sign this bill to allow the drawdown of those materials. And may God protect their young Ukrainians who are out there defending their country. All right. Uh, so, so far, <laughs> he's obviously no dynamo. What's happening? 
Yeah. Well, at this point, at the end of that, that's called fading facts. As you can hear as he's, as he's uh, talking, he gets quieter and quieter as he goes along. And he's talking about, uh, you know, God bless the Ukraine uh, people. So I'm not sure if he's, that would indicate he's not really that into that or he's over the whole thing at this point. So he sounds like he's, he's run out of steam there because he, he doesn't have the, uh, the want or the excitement to, to sell that phrase or to make that work. All then right. he says, yeah, then at that point he says, I'm going to walk over here, and he tells you what he's going to do. He says, I'm going to walk over here and do this. You usually don't hear people say that, especially in, in a position of power like that. Yeah, do it. Like almost like he's asking for permission or you know, coordinating when he doesn't have to. <laughs> coordinating with our allies. All, that. all right, so I want to show you the phone call, a picture from this morning. He's on the phone with Xi, President Xi. Let's take this full, if you don't mind, because there are a couple of things going on here that are strange. Number one, that does not look like a television picture of Xi. That looks like a weird painting on the wall. Joe's not looking at him. I guess he's looking at another monitor. He looks, uh, here's what I think. He knows his picture is being taken. That's, that's what I think. I think he's posing. But what, what's happening here, sir? Exactly. It's not often you see someone sitting perfectly like that, the way they should be, and paying attention with, with the expressions he has on his face. His hands are right up, up, up against the uh, computer-looking thing there on his desk, and they're, and they're all uh, perfect there. He's set up to, be, to look as if everything is perfect for a leader in a leading position as an alpha. And everything on his desk, if you look around, you see everything is in its place. This is, this is completely set up. And that's just been photoshopped in there, that picture back there. That would be, uh, I think most Photoshop, those who are good at it go, oh man, it's been photoshopped because it has a look to it. I can't yeah. explain that look, but that's what that is. But that look on his face even is, is a setup. You don't keep that look, that expression on your face for that long. That's that intense. That's weird, man. That is really weird that they would be going to this length to portray him as something he is not. Bottom line, (laughs) it seems like we're in trouble with this guy. Am I wrong? I I, I would say it looks a little iffy. Iffy. Okay. Mr. Rouse, Scott Rouse, we appreciate it once again. Body language expert. Check out his book, Understanding Body Language, How to Decode Nonverbal Communication in Life, Love, and Work. We thank you very much, and we will be right back. This country was made by tax rebels, freedom fighters, gold seekers, believers, lovers, and true patriots. We're Newsmax, and we're their heirs, and so are you. Newsmax TV, real news for real people. Russia will be held accountable. If it invades, and it depends on what it does. It's one thing if it's a minor incursion and then we end up having a fight about what to do and not do, et cetera. An incredible statement from Joe Biden a little over a month ago. Uh, The world, those who were paying attention, were shocked by what seemed like a green light uh, from Joe Biden to Vladimir Putin. I'd like to show you the headline from an article Biden's fog can hide his incompetence on Russia and Ukraine. Came out February 23rd. Uh, Donald Trump noticed this article and sent it to his millions of followers. I-C-Y-M-I. In case you missed it. And from this article by John Cass, by the way, let's go through two uh, highlights. The world watches and sees his incompetence. He showed himself for what he is, an old man who was never really all that deep, completely out of whatever depth he possessed. 
It continues, as Putin made his move, all we heard from the Biden White House was confused messaging. First, it wasn't an invasion. Then, no, wait, it is an invasion. Such confusing messaging does not inspire confidence. Wow, boy, I'll say we are joined now by John Cass. He is a columnist at JohnCassNews.com, a former member of the Chicago Tribune editorial board. He was at the Tribune for over 30 years. Sir, welcome to Newsmax. Great piece. How are you? Thanks, Greg. Thanks for having me on Newsmax. And I can't tell you how glad I am to have broken away from Corporate legacy woke media. I love it here. Uh, that's wonderful. Such freedom uh, you have. And the president noticed and blasted this article out for everybody. Listen, I know you and Trump have your differences, but that's got to be pretty cool that he noticed it and blasted it to uh, his tens of millions of followers. When you're uh, on your own, eyeballs in this business are important, but you know what's even more significant than President Trump uh, tweeting it out? It's that when he said it, Vladimir Putin and all his people and China and all their people were watching. And they watch him as he you know, has to high step it through shortcut grass at the White House and say these things and drift aside. And you had the uh, body language expert on the other day. This is a dangerous position for the world because you have a president who's weak politically, wants to show his strength to a nuclear power, and we're a nuclear power. So any miscalculation is dangerous, and he wants to you know, push the envelope, and it's just dangerous and frightening. So at one point, uh, wow, you are tough on him, and he definitely deserves it. Um, all and all your horses and media men can't put your presidency back together again. We don't want your egg on our faces. Trust me on this, Mr. President. Um, it is probably as bad as it can get. What do you see the way forward? I mean, we know he's broken uh, he is technically the president. What's going to happen? What do you think we should do? I think that the real presidents like um, Ron Klain and, the Sus and Susan Rice, who I think are the real presidents, and Jill Biden, should, um, you know, find an off-ramp for everybody. Maybe no, no NATO for uh, Ukraine ever, you know, to begin with. We, we poked the bear in his own cave. Now, look, I'm not supporting Putin. I know what the, the democratic liberal strategy is. You say one thing where you're not in support of the war and you're immediately a Putin apologist or traitor. I can assure you I am not. But uh, I don't want this thing to escalate. And when he's weak, you know, you're, when Putin becomes weaker, as he may be now, and his regime in threat, uh, you have to have uh, certain, you have to think about how far you're going to poke the bear in his own cave. And it's one thing when he's strong, but as you, as you pointed out and others, if, if this uh, Ukrainian uh, defense is weakening his regime, uh, we have to be cautious of that. 
So you point out what very few in the mainstream media will do, the Hunter factor in all of this. You write, in Ukraine, isn't that where your son Hunter Biden scored big on business deals leveraged by you when you were vice president? Yes, Ukraine, that Ukraine, your son's sandbox. And I am fascinated by this uh, situation. Joe Biden is clearly conflicted. He has uh, a conflict of interest complications, entanglements with Russia, with Ukraine and China. No one's talking about it, but I believe it is clearly governing his his actions and sometimes his lack of action. It's you know, I'm from Chicago. I know what a bag man is. I don't know. Is that what Hunter is? And how do you prosecute a war in Ukraine and that whole region and expect us to support and want to support you when we're still not clear as to what Hunter did, why he got involved, what Joe Biden did. And just the other day, breaking news, the New York Times admitted that the Hunter Biden laptop is for real. If there's any reason why you want to get away from legacy corporate media, it's that they came, what, a year and a half late? I don't know what to say. It's embarrassing. Well, here's one solution. Go to johncastnews.com. Cast with a K. johncastnews.com. President Trump checks it out. You should check it out. John Cass, we thank you, sir. Thank you, Greg. You bet. We'll be right back. We love to end the week with two of our favorite people. Craig Shirley, presidential historian, author of the new book, April 1945, The Hinge of History. Also with us, Christopher Nixon Cox, uh, member of the board of directors of the Nixon Foundation, successful businessman, grandson of the president, and all around a strategic thinker. Welcome, gentlemen. Uh, number one, can I show you guys something? 7,000 Russian casualties so far in not yet four weeks of war. 7,000. You compare that to 6,800 American casualties throughout the entire span of the war in Iraq and the war in Afghanistan, which is basically about a 20-year period altogether. Um, Chris, what are you thinking right now, and what do those numbers tell you? Well, it tells me that the Russian invasion is definitely not going to plan, and that the Ukrainian army and military is putting up a tremendous fight against the Russian military, and they're actually winning not just hearts and minds, but they're winning on the battlefield, too. In fact, if you look at some of the gains that have been made in recent days, the Ukrainians have actually been making gains in the south, near Odessa. They've been making gains in the northeast where they've opened counteroffensives. So actually, I think that this shows that Putin has a problem on his hands. He's not winning the war on the ground. These body counts are just going higher. 7,000, I think, is a conservative estimate. I think it could be over 10,000 Russian soldiers that are dead. These Russian mothers, when their sons aren't coming home and they start asking, where are our sons? What's happened to them? That's going to cause a lot of problems for Putin back home, which is going to cause domestic instability and could threaten his grip on power. So we saw Putin today at a very unusual, almost a Trump-style rally in a big stadium in Moscow. Uh, we had a body language expert on earlier. He noticed that Putin was uh, 
showing signs of nervousness. He was speaking faster. And and Craig, perhaps he is, you know, uh, hip to the fact that the Russian mothers are going to step up pretty soon, potentially in a very big way. What's your sense I, of everything? I don't know why Putin was concerned. I'm sure everybody at that stadium was there at, a, at the point of a gun. Uh, <laughs> this is just this is just an updated version of a Potemkin village uh, where the Russians used to create fake villages for the for the sake of the Peace Corps and, uh, and, and sell that propaganda to the Western media. I don't believe that the majority of the Russian people support this war. Uh, there's no empirical data that says that they support this war. I think that uh, Putin is, is, you know, doing his best he can to patch together a kind of a, a, a cross-section of, uh, of Russia to demonstrate support. To, this is about sending a message to the West that somehow Russia is unified, but I doubt it's going to last long. And when we see a war, a war is obviously about, uh, you know, force on force, conflict, uh, militaries. And we watch Joe Biden walking around. He's weaker than any president I can ever imagine. I've never seen anything like this during a time of war, even though we're not directly engaged. Chris, what would your grandfather have to say about that? There is something about his physicality and everything else that just is not meeting the moment. And definitely the moment needs to be bet now. And my grandfather would say that we need to be resupplying the Ukrainians now with weapons and offensive weapons, jets, but more importantly, uh, with missiles, uh, with uh, surface to air missiles, with anti-tank weapons. We need to do more now to support the Ukrainian military. But we also need to take a lesson from Richard Nixon, which is not just on the kinetic part, which is extremely important, but also on the diplomatic part. We need to be looking for ways that we can peel China off from Russia. Some of the language that the Chinese leaders have been using recently indicate, and recently I mean the last few days, indicate that they aren't very happy with this war and how it's going in Ukraine. We should be taking advantage of that, sending an olive branch to China to say, we're open to trade some of our LNG and natural gas uh, to China. That would be great for our industries here. We need to open up more drilling for oil and natural gas in the United States so that we can supply Europe with our natural gas. That's great for America great for the world, and it would do a lot to hem in Putin and take away his weapon of energy against Europe and China. We saw Joe Biden on the phone with President Xi. He was no Nixon. <laughs> you could tell he was not he was not prepared. I'm sorry we're out of time. Craig Shirley, to be continued, let's put your book up on the uh, screen, please. Rave reviews from across the board. April 1945, the hinge of history available you. wherever you get your books. And Christopher Nixon Cox, uh, many thanks, gentlemen. And we'll be right back. Well, I'm sorry we're out of time. A lot of fun. Interesting show. See you tomorrow. Stinchfield's next.